I was uh, pulling up in my driveway not too long ago, and um, I pull up in, in the driveway and uh, coming home from work, and uh, I noticed we have a drum set <clears throat> for my son. He's, uh, he, he likes to play music. He's four years old now, just turned four a few weeks back, and uh, loves music, deeply passionate, even as a four-year-old about it. And so we got him a drum set, and a, a nice one. Like for a kid, it's a, it's a junior set. And it's outside, intentionally, uh, in our garage space. Um, and I pull up, and I get out, and he's on the drums, playing the drums. And so I notice that he doesn't have a shirt on, which is normal, um, Nine times out of ten, ninety percent of the time, my son doesn't have a shirt on. Uh, that's that's just his nature, and uh, so he's out there just beating on the drums and wearing it out and playing. And I get out of the truck and I walk over to him and I go, "Hey, buddy, what's going on?" And I, I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm practicing playing drums." And I look over, and he's buck naked, <laughs> like nothing on, and. Uh, I said, hey, uh, Liam, you, you know you don't have any clothes on? He said, I, yeah, I just got hot. <laughs> so if you get hot today, don't take your clothes off. Um, but I, as I, 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 when I saw that, after I got through with laughing, um, and I, I, I just, I think, there's all kinds of spiritual like ties into all the things that we do. And, uh, and so I was, the Lord like reminded me of that picture of me walking up and seeing my son naked playing the drums. And, and, uh, it, it just, it blew my mind how the Lord was like, he's operating in his gifting and he doesn't care. Like that's what he's doing. He's operating in something that he loves and he could care less like that. He's naked. And, and it, there was just this moment of just seeing that and thinking, man, that is what the Lord wants from us. Like, he just wants us to be unhindered and just truly who we are, operating out of what he has called us to do and what he's called us to be. And, and there's so much freedom in that. And, uh, and so I was like, man, thanks, God, for, you know, making a funny situation spiritual. It's crazy how that happens. Um, I want to go ahead and, and kind of give you a, a PSA, a, a public service announcement, okay? Um, I'm, I'm probably going to say some fairly awkward things uh, this morning. And um, uh, because of that, I just want you to go ahead and if you have uh, a child in here, if you don't want to get asked specific questions about certain potentially offensive subjects or awkward subjects, you may want to take them out before I start talking anymore, okay? It's fine if they're in here. I don't care. It's your conversation when you go home, all right? So now that I have made my public service announcement, I can say whatever I want. There will be curse words, and no, I'm just kidding. Um, but for real, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a few things that are, that are somewhat awkward, and it's okay. So, the Lord, from the beginning 
of time has invited us into a relationship with himself. And, and um, it's, it's under this, uh, this thing that, that we call um, a covenant, all right? Um, the closest thing that we have to this is the, the covenant of marriage. When we choose to say, I do and I'm in with someone, all right, and uh, the, the kind of the definition, if I could unpack this idea of what a, what a, a covenant is, uh, it is an unending commitment between two parties with mutual obligations. Yes, amen. And, and what's, what's cool is if you look all throughout the history of Scripture, you see from the beginning from people like Noah and um, Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets, you see God beginning to make statements like, I will be their God and they will be my people. I am going to make my dwelling place with them. I am going to establish a permanent, unending, forever covenant with my people. It's something from the beginning of, of, of Scripture. If you look back, you can find it all over the place. It's all over the place. And there's this one particular passage. I'm not going to um, unpack it, uh, but I, I just, I just want to reference it. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down and go look at it later on. But in Jeremiah 31, uh, 33 through 34, uh, that passage is kind of the, the beginning of the turning point in Scripture. Because God says, through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, I am going to make a new covenant with my people. You see, in the Old Testament, the covenant was, I will be their God and they will be my people if they follow the rules. Right? Two parties with mutual obligations. God says, I'm going to be the God and I'm going to watch over you. And, and, and it even says, uh, there's a passage in Exodus that talks about how uh, the nation would be a priesthood and the nation would be uh, kingly and like all this kind of stuff. But he says, you have to obey all that I've commanded you. And so he sets the bar really high with the Ten Commandments and all these other rules that you read through in Leviticus and you see all these rules that the people of Israel are supposed to abide by. And he says, if you keep this, then I will do my part. Well, we all know none of us are good at keeping rules. And so Israel continues to fail over and over and over again. And just like in our lives, we screw things up. James 2 says we all stumble in many ways, right? So this covenant that the Lord entered into with Israel because they screwed it up, just like we would, there was a need for a new one. And so in Jeremiah 31, he says, I'm going to make a new covenant. I'm going to step into a new marriage. I'm going to renew my vows with you. And he says, I am going to put my law in you. I'm going to write it on your heart. Not on tablets of stone, not on rules, but I'm going to actually write it in your heart. And I am going to know you and you are going to know me. I will be your God and you will be my people and I will forget your sins. 
get this, God initiates this new covenant with us. He promises that there's going to be a new marriage that we step into. And, and he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to initiate this unending commitment, and I am going to initiate it. And I am going to establish that. We know he did that through Jesus. The perfect sinless life that Jesus lived paid the price and forgot our sins. So he, he established that through Jesus, and then he promises, I'm going to put my word in you. He does that through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so as we're talking this morning about this idea of more relationships, that's kind of, what a, uh, kind of the backdrop. What does it look like to have more in our relationships? I'm going to use marriage kind of as a, a tool to, to unpack this, but I want you to understand that this is within the context of Scripture. All right, so turn with me, if you have your Bibles. Let's go to John uh, chapter 14. I want to I unpack this idea of this covenant that the Lord has established with us. In John 14, he says this. Uh, let's look at um, verse 15 and 16. He says, if you love me, This is Jesus talking to his disciples, by the way. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right, now, does that not sound rule-based? Like, does that not sound performance-based? If you do this, then I will do that, right? Okay. What are the commandments of Jesus? He says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. What are his commandments? Ah, did you know that you could take, if someone ever asks you, if they come to you and say, hey, if you could sum up the Bible in like a few words, what would it be? I'll give you the answer. Two things. Love, God, and what's next? Love others. Love God, love others. That is the commandments that Jesus is referring to. You want to take all the Ten Commandments, all the rules, everything, and put it down, condense it into a statement. It's love God, love others. By the way, the word love simply means to choose. It means to choose. This is literally what God is saying through Jesus. He says, Jesus says, if you choose me, then choose my Father and choose his people. If you love me, if you choose me, think about this. Is that, if you are married in this room, is that not what you did when you stood at the altar and said, I do? I distinctly remember 13 maybe years ago, wife, she's in the room. She's hot as fire. I distinctly remember, like way hotter even more so than when we got married. Can you believe that? Like, how does that work? Um, But we, uh, I distinctly remember standing on a stage and saying, I choose you in sickness and in health. For richer, for poorer, for better or worse, I'm all in. 
I choose you. And she said, I choose you. <laughs> and, and we said, we do. And yes, we're in this. Like that is the covenant. When it says, I am going to establish a new covenant. That's what the father is saying to you. I choose you. Every single one of us, I choose you. And Jesus is saying, if you choose me, then what you're signing up for, the obligation is to choose my father and choose his people because we all are known as the bride of Christ. Choosing, that's simply what he is asking for. He's not asking for a to-do list. He's not asking for a system of rules and regulations that we have to abide by. He He is simply wanting to know, do you choose me? By the way, we protect by nature that which we love, right? If I grabbed your arm and pulled it out and pulled a knife out to stab it, what are you gonna do? You love your flesh, right? (laughs) You don't wanna get hurt. By nature, natural reaction, we protect that which we love. He's saying, if you love me, this this is what you will do. You'll love my father and you'll love his people. Isn't that what Jesus did? He loved his father so much that he said, I'll be obedient to your will. I will come down and become flesh, a human with skin and bones, and I will live among the people. And he said, I love people so much that I will actually become obedient to death on a cross. I'll die for them. Come on. That's what he's asking us. Do you love him and do you love his people? Do you love others? This is the covenant that the Lord is inviting us into when we accept this invitation to walk into an unending covenantal relationship with the Father that he initiates, that he established, that he takes care of. The only thing we have to do is say, I choose you. When we step into that, we get to experience a love that has never taken place on this planet before except through him. Scripture goes on in um, in verse 16. Listen to this. He says, if you love me, you keep my commands. Listen to this. And I will ask the Father and he will send you a helper to be with you forever. (laughs) forever, unending. It goes on and on and on. Friends, here's the deal. He's promising that when we say yes to the covenant, when we say, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm married to you. Like, let's do this. What he promises is he will send the helper, the Holy Spirit. Okay, catch this, Jeremiah 31, hundreds of years, prophesied hundreds of years before this was ever said, I will put my law in them. I will write it on their heart instead of tablets of stone. They will know me. I will be their God and they will be my people. I'll forget their sins. This is coming true. (laughs) Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm getting ready to establish this new covenant and we are beneficiaries of this new marriage that the Lord is inviting us into. By the way, the word Old Testament and New Testament, Testament also means covenant. There's Old Covenant, 
which is rules, regulations, systems to live by. And then there's new covenant, which is freedom to choose the Father. And that's what he's wanting. That's what he's inviting us into. Because get this, see, when we understand the nature of this covenant, that it is unending, that it is forever, and that the Holy Spirit, by the way, the word helper means advocate. It means he's for us. It means he is always for our good. Little side note, if you're a follower of Jesus in the room and you do something and immediately you start getting beat up about it, I don't care what it is. Did you know that's not from the Lord? Did you know, man, this is going to be so scandalous. (laughs) Did you know that even in our sin... That that voice that says, hey, you suck, you're worthless, I can't believe you did that, you know that's not from the Holy Spirit. That's not the voice of the Lord. That's the enemy pushing you away from the Father. When the Lord invites you into a covenant, even when you screw up, you know what his voice says? Hey, you missed the mark. Own it but I love you. I'm for you. Advocates are always for us. An advocate is always for us. They may not like the performance, but they love the performer. (laughs) You see that? And that's what this relationship that he's inviting us into looks like. So listen to this. When we know that this covenant is unending, that it never goes away, no matter what we do, that our performance is not the issue. Get this, the, the, a definition that we can hang on to in this idea of a covenant is that a covenant creates a hospitable environment for transparency. A covenant creates a hospitable environment. If you're taking notes, write that down. A covenant creates a hospitable environment for transparency. Think about this. If you know that there is nothing that you can do or say that will make the Father's presence go away from you, then it creates the opportunity to be transparent. Right? If I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my wife will never leave me, if I know that we are in this thing together through sickness and in health, through good and bad, rich and poor, for better or for worse, right? I said it. I sat on a stage and I said that to my wife. I think sometimes we make those statements without expecting bad. Through richer or poor, but we better always be richer. <laughs> through sickness and in health, but you better not get sick. Right? If you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're stepping into a covenantal choosing of your partner, then that sets the stage for transparency. It gives the opportunity to be honest. I had to put that to the test in my marriage. I had to come to my wife three years in and go, hey, honey, I'm a porn addict. 
I'm stuck. Like I, I've, I, I thought I've been doing okay. I'm not doing okay. My thought life is trash. My habits are trash. Three years in, I didn't even tell her on the front end. I waited until we got married. I had to put that covenant to the test. And it was ugly and it was not fun, but she stuck in the game. And so did I. And I can tell you on this end that that, the freedom that I've experienced on this side was worth coming clean. When you know that you have entered into a covenantal relationship with the Father and he will never go away. When you know he will never go away, it creates an environment for you to be who you are. It creates a sense of freedom. That's what I'm asking for. That's what the Lord has been just blowing my mind with is that when we do this, when we accept this, it creates transparency. It says in verse 17, look at this. It says, even, he says, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit who is always with you, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him because he dwells in you, with you, and will be in you. He will be with you and he is in you. The spirit of truth. By the way, the the word truth in the Greek, simply means to be uncovered, to be unhidden. That's what truth is. To understand truth is you are actually uncovering what is real. And that's what the Father is saying. When I give you truth, I'm gonna put the Holy Spirit in you and you will actually receive truth. You will see what really is. That's why I'm, I'm encouraging you. Like I said, when something happens Don't listen to the voice of negativity. Listen to the truth. What I had to do when I came clean with my wife was to go, you know what? That was old self. No longer am I a porn addict. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna be beat up and I'm not gonna allow myself to submit back into slavery anymore. I'm not gonna do that. No, I'm gonna hang on to the truth, which is I am a son of the king, and I am powerful and I am accepted and I am loved by my father. And when we choose to step into that identity, when I choose to be reminded of the covenantal unending relationship that the God of the universe gives to me through the empowering of the spirit of truth, then I can operate in freedom. I can stand on this stage and tell you all of my junk because I don't care. (laughs) It doesn't define me anymore. It doesn't. Like literally, I, this is such a stupid illustration, but when, I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when you understand that the culture of, tra- of, of, of an unending relationship creates transparency, literally, like I could stand up here and tell you every single thing that goes on in my wrecked, trashed, messed up brain, and I don't care because you don't define me. He does. I am accepted by my father. 
And when we are accepted by our Father and we truly believe, like one of the things that blows my mind is we really don't take the Bible literally. Like we don't. We read this stuff and go, oh yeah, that's a good helper's gonna be here, Holy Spirit, yeah, that's awesome. But we live the majority of our lives powerless and bound up because we're not choosing to step into the covenant that he's offering to us. Choose it. Receive a new identity from him. Take a moment and ask the Father what he thinks about you. If it's anything bad, negative, defeating, not the Lord. I sat in front of my wife yesterday just as an experiment. Don't do this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, in James 2, it says we all stumble in many ways. Like, like when you take a screwed up sinner and marry them to another screwed up sinner, like it's like, it's all fun, right? Um, but, but for real, I sat in front of my wife and I said, um, tell me what you think about me. And dude, like she started pouring her heart out and actually like teared up. And I was like, you're such a baby, like get over it. no. Like, like, like what she shared with me was so encouraging. You know why? Because we have a transparent relationship. She's my advocate. I'm her advocate. We are for each other. Even when I am missing the mark, what she speaks to me is not condemnation and, and hey, you suck. It's, Brent, you know you're better than this. You know what the Lord wants. Like, lean into that. It's good for me, right? Like, be transparent, be honest, be open, because here's the deal, guys. When we step into that spirit of truth who reminds us who we really are in Christ, by the way, it says the world can't receive it. Did you know that, like, literally, what that means is it's not that it's not being offered. The word receive means it's always there. They can't receive it because they don't see it and they don't know it. The reason they don't see it and they don't know it is because the system that the world chooses to operate in is the absence of the presence of the Father. You and I can go through our entire life and never recognize that there is anything greater than just me. But the moment that we go, you know what? There actually might be something to this. Hey, God, if you're real, like do something, show me. I'm in. That sets the stage for the Father to begin speaking to his people. So it says that when we open our heart to the spirit of truth, he is going to be in us and he is going to be on us. Get this, transparency sets the stage for intimacy. Just a challenge question for you. In your relationships, is the environment that you are in hospitable for transparency? Better yet, is the environment that you are creating hospitable for transparency? If your spouse knows that when you come to them, and they confess something to you that you are going to punch them square in the face, like spiritually speaking, maybe physically also, 
That's not an environment conducive to transparency. Like when, when we walk through all the stuff that we walk through, what, what that did is set the stage to create an environment that is transparent. I can come to her and confess things now because I know that it's gonna be met with grace and love. And dude, yeah, it's gonna hurt her. Like I've said things that make her cry, but like we're in and she's done the same to me. And every time, like, like, like if, if, if you can create that environment to know that you are loved and accepted, that's what the father does for us. When that environment gets created, it sets the stage for transparency. And when, when transparency becomes to be, starts to be realized in our life, the next logical step is intimacy. Intimacy with the Father. Because here, get this, in verse 21, it says this. It says, he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What he's, what he's saying, manifest means I'm going to expose myself. I'm going to show myself. I'm gonna make it real. When I said yes to the covenantal relationship that I stepped in with my wife, like I wanted transparency. Right out the gate, I didn't give it but like through this process that the Lord has been walking me through, I've realized that transparency is really the only way. What if you walked around this planet with nothing to hide? What if you had nothing to hide? What if you had the freedom to actually tell people who you really are? To play the drums naked. When you step into transparency, it creates the opportunity for intimacy. The Father has come to us And he's saying, I am revealing myself to you. I'm going to expose myself to you. I'm going to be transparent to you. I promise it. It's in his word. And what he's asking for in return is that we be transparent back. When I got married, in the logical logical progression of our relationship, you date and then you get married and then you live together and have sex, right? Like, I imagine if I said, okay, I'm, I wanna get married, I'm in, I'm all into this married, marriage thing. I'm in the covenant, I'm not going away, but I don't wanna live with you. I'm gonna live over here and you live over there. And I only call my wife when I need some food. Hey, my cupboards are empty. Can you go get some groceries? Or I only call her when I need gas money. Hey, I need gas. Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. Every now and again, we might go on a date and that's fun. But like, all I do is just live over here and she lives over there. And I just, every now and again, call her for what I need. Does that sound familiar? 
Hey, God, I need this new job. Hey, God, I need you to fix this. Hey, God, I don't want you in my junk. I don't want you in my space, but I just, I just need you right now because this is important. The Father is literally bearing himself to you. He promises that he will open himself fully and completely to you. But because he's a gentleman, He'll say, hey, I want you to be transparent. It's for your own good. It's for your own freedom. But on your time. It says he will be with you. The Holy Spirit will dwell with you. He wants to take inhabitation in you, in your life, your everyday life. When I said yes to get married to my wife, what that meant is that we're going to live together and she's going to see me throw all my dirty clothes on the floor. She's going to notice that I leave the toilet seat up. She's going to notice that I do X, Y, Z, these things that frustrate the mess out of her. She's going to see the ugly side of me. All you see is my Instagram account and my Facebook pictures and my Twitter updates and all that stuff. And all that's good, right? We like to picture, we like to post the best side of ourselves and the best parts of our family. And everybody looks at us and go, oh man, he's got it all together. Look at that. Their family is awesome. Look how cute they are. Look at them doing this, doing that. What they don't see is me coming home and freaking out on my kids because I'm angry. She sees that, but that's the real me. That's all of me, good, bad, and ugly. That's what the Lord wants. That's what intimacy is defined by. And then on top of that, could you imagine me going on a date with my wife and coming to her and going, hey, honey, um, let's have sex tonight, but I'm not going to take my clothes off. Like, does that work? I know this is super awkward for you, okay? I get it. Like I said, my PSA, this is awkward. But understand that what the Father is asking for us and from us is, hey, I'm exposing myself to you. We've always looked at exposure as a bad thing. What if it was a good thing? What if it was beautiful? When a couple comes together in marriage, and as scripture says, the two become one flesh, you know what happens in the intimacy of that? Creativity is birthed baby is born. The father is literally coming to you and saying, I'm all in. I'm covenantally connected to you. I'm all in. Give me every part of you. And if you do, creativity will be born. Something beautiful will be birthed out of our time together. The Lord's calling us to intimacy. Intimacy in our marriage, intimacy in our relationships, like that is how a covenant is designed to operate in intimacy. And the only way that we get there is by being transparent. So I'm not saying that you got to stand up on this stage and you got to pull your pants down. All right? 
I'm not saying that you got to stand up on this stage and you got to bear all of your stuff to this entire congregation and, and everything else. But what I am saying is that the Lord is saying, I want all of you, good, bad, and ugly. I want every part of you because you're worthy. You're beautiful. You're prized. You're accepted. And if you'll just let me in, you will experience an amazing thing. A day-to-day walk with the Father. I just want to give you a, a quick practical side to this. I want, to, I want to tell you what I mean when I say that I'm intimate with the Lord, all right? Because I know I just connected at the sex and you're like, what in the world? That's crazy. When I'm intimate with the Lord, that looks like me waking up every single morning and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want today? Whatever you say, I'm all in. It, it, it looks like late hours in the night when I'm awake and no one else in the house is and I'm pouring over this that he gave us. It means constantly being in a state of awareness of, hey, Father, like this is my plan for today, but you have control. If you tell me to do anything, I'm all in. I still miss the mark. Dude, I blew past, I'll just be honest with you. I, I blew past a homeless dude um, earlier this week that I that the Lord specifically was like, I think you need to go talk to him. And I didn't. I just sat in the back. We have this prayer time early in the morning where some intercessors come and we pray over this this place and all this kind of stuff. And I literally just confessed to them that that I get on this stage and sometimes I feel like I have to have something to say. And I try my best to like bring something from the Lord. And then I walk off this stage, even, even when I'm talking to you about your identity and saying, hey guys, you're worth it. You're accepted, you're loved, all this kind of stuff. And I walk right off this stage and go, hey, was that good enough? <laughs> like that performance mentality just, just creeps right back up. Is that good enough? Do you love me, God? Yes, I always choose you. If I just listen, that's what, he, that's what I'll hear. So what does intimacy look like? It's a day-to-day experience. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it's just walking. It's going through life. It's what marriage is, right? Sometimes there's fireworks and awesomeness, and sometimes it's just, eh. But just because I'm, eh, doesn't mean I'm not married, right? Just because I don't feel something doesn't mean I'm not covenantally committed. I'm in. And that's what the Father's asking. Just be transparent. So here's what I want to do. I'm just going to, I want to ask you just a challenge and we're going to pray and we're going to be done. Um, So some of you, you need to be transparent with the Lord. Like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Scott even talked about some, there's something, right, that you might be sensing or whatever. Uh, Maybe it's time, whether it's an addiction or a sin or just something that you are believing about yourself that is just not true. You need to get with the Father and you need to expose it. 
start by coming to the Lord and saying, hey, gee, like literally out of your mouth, hey, I'm addicted to this. This is my sin. Like this is what I'm going, this is what's going on with me. This is what I'm believing about myself. I'm worthless, God. Am I worthless? Like call out whatever it is. That's not from him. He wants to take it. And by you saying that, it's acknowledging I have an issue that I need you to work on. You promise your spirit of truth will be on me. So some of you need to go get intimate, need to expose yourself to the Lord. And I promise you, if you'll listen to what he has to say, it's always beautiful. It's always beautiful. And then maybe some of you, you need to be transparent with some of your circle. Like maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a brother or a sister or a whatever. But dude, you, you just need to be honest. Be transparent. Open yourself up. Like I said, I'm not asking for you to stand on the stage. I'm asking for you to allow the spirit of truth to shine in on your junk and call it out for what it is because there's freedom on this end of it. I'm a testament to that. Jesus, I just pray that as we walk out of this place, that not a single person would walk away feeling defeated or feeling broken because in you, as followers of you, there is not one broken person in this place. We are made whole by you, Jesus. We are restored by you. We have a new identity and a new self. And so, Father, I pray by the empowering of your Holy Spirit that when we, as we walk out of this room, that if we need to be transparent with you, if we need to be transparent with somebody, I pray right now that you would just put that person on our minds and we would just come clean. Not for the sake of being judged or beaten or whatever, but for the sake of stepping into a new identity. Our sin doesn't hold us captive anymore, Father. You pay the price with Jesus. And on top of that, you've empowered us with your Holy Spirit. So, Father, your spirit of truth speak on us right now. Call us to transparency. Call us to intimacy, Father. I love you, Jesus. Pray these things in the power of your name. Amen.